0: Welcome to Take 10. We come to you every week with a discussion of a mental health-related issue and caregiving. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernial. Carol's Executive Director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She has been a member of the Rays Family Caregiving Advisory Council and has a master's degree in social gerontology and nearly 30 years' experience in the field of aging and caregiving. Dr. Jamie Heisman, uh, Dr. Heisman is a nationally known psychotherapist an expert on caregiving and addictions as well. And speaking of addictions, something that is so much in the news of late, Dr. Jamie, psychedelic drugs, think back to the 60s, now being focused on as potential use for therapy. What's your view?
1: You know, Ron, if you actually can think back to the 60s, you probably weren't there. How's that? <laughs> I, thought that just,
0: I thought that was Woodstock.
1: Yeah, well, it kind of was and is. And that's what Timothy Leary, that's what we kind of associate psychedelics and psychedelic research and acid and going tripping our brains out. This is the 60s and 70s phenomenon. Dr. Timothy Leary, who was at Harvard at the time, certainly really saw the value. Unfortunately, he didn't know the pharmacological value, I'll say, because he was on to something both Carol and Ron, just he really was on to something. But at that time, it was a very conservative time around drugs and research and mental health. And so it was poo-pooed along the way. But today, the John Hopkins Center, which I I work with closely, has taken the ball and is running with it, and psychoactive medications are
0: here to stay. How's that? And when we talk about psychedelic medicines, sorry, Carol, what are we talking about? Okay. So legally today, you're really talking about a couple
1: of things. You're talking about ketamine treatment, which ketamine is uh, actually used in veterinarians, believe it or not. It's almost like an anesthetic that that they use with animal surgery, but it also has psychoactive uh, qualities. I have seen people you know, take too much and actually go into some sort of a trip. The other one is uh, another drug called MDMA. Both of those have been approved to some extent and is being utilized and rolled out around the country to deal with anxiety, to deal with depression, to deal with trauma, and um, and they, that we're having and seeing some really kind of amazing uh, results from it. Now, the things that we were talking about Timothy Leary days with LSD and even the world of psilocybin mushrooms, which has not been FDA approved, those are still on the table and we're working with them in research studies.
0: Well, what about all of the the laws where they've legalized marijuana in so many states, and people think they can just go out and and to the smoke shop or eat a brownie, and that's going to be the treatment that they need?
1: Well, you know, there's a lot to be said. You can do a whole show around that. So, you're right, and the, and the laws are different in every state. Um, I'm sure our caregivers, some of them indulge, and some of them have indulged for years. Um, it's not regulated, Carol. We don't really know the the actual you know, pharmaceutical value, unless you have a prescription that was offered by a doctor and they're getting it dispensed. But I don't want to confuse the two because so far with marijuana and hash, we haven't really looked at the therapeutic values. It becomes a recreational drug. And for us, addiction counselors, we don't see many people dying or going through homicidal stuff when they smoke pot. We do see a lot of that with alcohol and other drugs. Now, Psychoactive medication is really a neural fixer. It's one of those things we constantly talk about for caregivers as we do take 10 about neuro emotional regulators and what I call a hack, if you will, a hack for trauma. How's that?
0: Well, talk about like what conditions would you see it possibly being beneficial?
1: Well, I made a referral just last night. Actually, um, a patient of mine He is very, very He's 71 years old, low energy. Has tried uh, SSRIs, SS uh, uh, SSRIs for the most part, which is our an antidepressant a form for depression, anxiety has not found a lot of sort of good results with it, and wanted to try something else. So I sent them to a, a ketamine wellness center, which I have had pretty darn good success of both doctors, professionals, and others going to, and actually working well with their depression, with their anxiety and OCD, believe it or not. But we're using it more and more for trauma and it is for treatment resistant issues. So we normally have tried other sort of interventions, but I think more and more we're going to see that the psychedelics research will say we're going to have to jump right to it eventually.
0: I want to jump on something you just said. Speaking of jumping right to it, uh, you said ketamine trauma center. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't know there were such things. Can you self-refer No, you really, well, you
1: cannot, no. And it's usually done actually by uh, anesthesiologists or anesthetic nurses today. Um, But yes, that's a great question, Ron, because you do get a referral from somebody like me, a psychologist or social worker uh, who's licensed in the state, and we will send it. And they do have medical infusions. And again, you can take ketamine either through IV, you can sometimes do it um, uh, sublingually, and you can do it through your nose, nasally. But we see the best results with IV. Ketamine wellness clinics are popping up in a lot of places, but I really do caution our caregivers that if you do go that route, make sure they do have strong behavioral support. Make sure there are groups around there. Make sure you have a dial-in call, let's say, to a coach online. But more likely, you'll do it there for 30 minutes, maybe six different sessions over three weeks, and you'll find out that your depression is probably going to get a little better. And for addicts, actually, their cravings will drop, believe it or not.
0: Now, stay with us. I want to remind folks who may have just joined us, you're listening to Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zorneal and Dr. Jamie Heisman. We're talking about psychedelic drugs and more and more attention being paid to using them for therapeutic treatment. Uh, You mentioned ketamine, which, as you said, veterinarians use as an anesthetic in dogs in surgeries. Uh, It's been a drug uh, abused by teens and others buying it on the street. Mm And you want to warn folks, Dr. Jamie, don't buy this stuff on the street.
1: Absolutely. And that is absolutely a no-no. Here's what we do. Now that's part of the medical world. We have clinical protocols. We have clinical pathways. We do your psychosocial sort of uh, treatment process. We look at the things that work, things that failed. Um, this is part of a real oversight, a, pro- a process. If we're going to go out there and start taking on what chemo, if, we're, if we have, God forbid, cancer, if we're going to take on our own insulin, you know, infusions, it's just like doing ketamine. It's absolutely something you leave to the medical professionals. Period. Drop the mic. End of story.
0: And what about drugs like cocaine?
1: Well, the issues of been cocaine was in our our sodas, if you remember, many many years ago, right? So. There, the old days of a native uh, indigenous populations using these in Peru and stuff, you know, over time, it was done for a particular reason. We just didn't explore it because they got thrown into class of things and they started being exploited through drug uh, uh, you know, dealers and we started seeing out of control addictions, right? So nobody looked at the therapeutic reasons of why they were even being offered. But today, I think more and more as we look for ways, and this is what we talk about a lot on our show, to develop our new neural pathways, emotional regulation. We're starting to see that now we're looking at the therapeutic value and doing this under extraordinarily supervised settings, and we're seeing a lot better results than one would imagine
0: well, do these drugs have a role in pain management?
1: They do, and I think that's a great point you brought out there. I have made referrals on ketamine wellness centers uh, uh certainly here, and I have seen pain diminish. I have seen a lot of things like I mentioned which I was shocked myself that cravings for addictions diminish because we look we have 30 day 60 day 90 day programs right but if somebody does six sessions obviously we want them to have ongoing spiritual sort of connection to recovery but i must tell you we are seeing pain management some excellent successes and i think over the years hopefully we'll be able to have longitudinal studies that will prove now
0: and do you become addicted to something like ketamine the way you can to an opioid
1: you really don't on that way, because the doses are so small, like we call microdosing. I'm sure you guys heard that, right? So in the old days when you took mushrooms, right, and you ran out to the farmer's place and you tripped your brains out, like you were talking about in the '70s, it's not the same as taking a 0.5 gram amount called a microdose. It doesn't even bring you the hallucinogenic sort of uh, effects. It just allows you to be much more attentive, It gives you some awareness, and you'll watch over time. Uh, what it happens. But no, if you're under a doctor's uh, prescription, addictions are not what we're seeing.
0: You get the last word on psychedelic drugs. I appreciate you sharing your expertise. Thanks for joining us on Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zorniel and Dr. Jamie Heisman. We'll catch you next time on Take 10.